0: Hi, this is Manisha Kadagatur for Tell It Like It Is, a podcast about performance, purpose, and reward. In today's episode, I'm in conversation with Shilpa Sardesai, co founder of integrated digital marketing agency Bayleaf. We talk about how there is no age barrier to starting up, channel agnostic digital marketing. Expectations of clients across the US and India, changing consumer behavior, and the future of digital marketing in pandemic times. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Manisha Karagatur. I'm in conversation with Shilpa Sardesai. Shilpa is the CEO and co-founder of Bayleaf, an integrated marketing agency. Following a unique platform agnostic approach, Shilpa works with numerous national and international brands and manages budgets over $300 million in advertising. She has over 20 years of experience with a specialization in design thinking and brand strategy. She's a trained Bharat Natyam dancer and loves to experiment with cooking, learning new skills, and spending time with her friends and family. Welcome, Shilpa. It's a pleasure to have you here.
1: Thank you so much, Manisha. I have been a huge fan of podcasts. And here I am a participant today.
0: Awesome. <laughs> it, it's, it's like that saying about the universe, right? So you yeah. really want something bad and it comes to you. Absolutely. And it's such a privilege, actually,
1: you know, and I'm so excited to share my journey with, my, with the audience.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So let's dive in, Shilpa. So... Um, you know, the, the first question that I really had for you was going back all the way and tell me a little bit about, um, you know, your family, your background, what was conversation around the dinner table like, you know? Could you ask me that?
1: Because uh, Manisha, I hail from a reputed business family mm-hmm. where conversations on the dinner table were akin to uh, boardroom discussions, very passionate, and very articulate, you know? So growing up, my sensibilities somewhere were naturally inclined towards running an enterprise, than working in a job, uh, trying to restrict myself to any single KPI. You know what I mean? Uh huh. I like challenges and wished to be a part of the whole piece, means um, fulfill a closure of any kind. And because of this over inquisitive nature, perhaps I keep learning and upgrading my skills. So it's coexisting.
0: Okay, so tell me, what was the trigger for starting up for you?
1: So actually, I uh, got uh, started after my, of course, after my education, which was BFA, Bachelor's in Fine Arts. I got a job at Leo Burnett, okay, and then went on to do uh, two more jobs in right in the beginning of my career. So I feel fortunate to have been uh, part of two agency environments. One. A complete multinational culture, you know, Help, that helped me polish my core skills in creative, dealing with the finest of minds, following SOPs, uh, plus the opportunity to work on international brands that led to huge exposure. While the other ones I joined later were much more of the nuts and bolts variety, medium scale firms where one had to multitask. Being smaller setups, one was exposed to complete operations and not just in pieces from account servicing to team interactions, right up to production and measurement. But the rush I felt, Manisha, when I worked on my second job was a different level. I felt involved both on a strategic and granular level, and uh, I became more and more hungry to learn every function that was needed to complete the loop. And if you know me well, uh, but is always a big thing in my mind, you know, because I revisit my own decisions multiple times, weighing all perspectives. So the dichotomy dichotomy for me there was, should I go wider and accordingly build my managerial strengths? Or would it be better if I went deeper and got some kickass domain
0: exper- uh, expertise? So, um where did entrepreneurship start? Because it sounds like you've had a uh, great experience working with big and small brands and uh, developing very different muscles doing both. Sure. So what was the trigger point for you to start on, th- you know, on your own? Um, and I'm and, and particularly intrigued by the field that you've chosen. So uh, field is because my education
1: was in the field, Manisha. I've, I am trained in the Bachelor's of Fine Arts, which is and in the commercial arts sector. So field I chose after 12th only. Right. OK. Uh, but after my jobs, I had a gap of six years. I got married. I mean, that, of course, I had got married before, but I had my kids and we had to relocate. So there was a break in my career. And to the best interest of the family, I thought I could use my energy to bring up my boys. But uh, for that, I'm extremely, extremely thankful for even today. I'm literally a guilt-free working mom as I was home with them till they were in mid-school. That is the time their lives started getting busier than mine. And with with extracurricular activities, post-school classes... My husband also had a very demanding job. So I was left to think and plan my next move. Believe me, it wasn't easy at all because I felt the world had raced ahead and I was left behind. But here I think my husband was the one to reignite the flame of getting back into action into me because he knew my, he knows me and he knew I couldn't uh, uh, just while away doing nothing. I picked up a couple of gigs to polish my bearings and... uh, taking off from the fundamentals, the fundamentals that were already sound, right? It was just the gap and I had to polish my bearings again. My art background and the management degree I had acquired helped me perceive projects in a very problem solution manner. I always looked at a complete picture and I got exploring and meeting uh, CMOs, marketing people from the industry. You know, I networked a lot during that time. And I just went and sat with people, understood their views, understood the industry views, where we could help them. And uh, that started giving me, these conversations started giving me insights and a little bit of uh, confidence started uh, in my attitude also, whether I I was on that fence, you know, whether I should get in, no job, I should start on my own, all those problems and issues were running in my mind. But it was such a fortunate period in my life that a gentleman from a very big MNC who had gone and met, it was through a friend who had introduced us. And we got talking and he saw my passion and my real interest in the whole uh, problem solving approach, looking at the whole piece. He gave me a project which was very coveted for the brand. And that was LNT after that
0: there was no looking back it seemed to me that you enjoyed both stints being a mom being uh, you know a homemaker and at the same time when you were ready to come back to work you had adequate support to come back and fortunately you fortunately, you actually had someone um, land you uh, a gig and then you built on from there absolutely oh, which is which is fabulous so um, tell me what is integrated uh, agency actually mean yeah so uh see Manisha as I was trained
1: on a brand all my fundamentals of the brand are very very sound and then I got into the bandwagon of digital okay when I joined back digital had started uh it was it was quite uh nascent but people had got aware you know there was an awakening of digital what it could do for their brand so it was basically building organic content online. Then in 2014, we got an opportunity uh, while we were working on various brands of Kodrige interior, we were called in a meeting and uh, there were these huge meeting and there were two, three agencies sitting and they were presenting and I could see it was for kitchens there was there were beautiful visuals there was a pretty model and they were they were showing uh, beautiful layouts of their kitchens somewhere deep down i knew that women didn't go for kitchens because of beautiful models and beautiful layouts so i just asked a question i said uh, what is india's total percentage of uh, branded kitchens vis-a-vis carpenter kitchens Um, that, uh, you know, everybody's talking branded and modular. What is the actual percentage? And uh, the marketing head told me it's around 6%. And I said, for 6% y'all are doing all this, putting so much budgets behind 6% and y'all are actually competing with the Pogan poles and the fetish of the world, you know. Why don't we try and convert the carpenter-driven kitchens, which are 96% of India's market, and there, everybody was, you know, like shell-shocked. What is this coming from? Where is this coming from suddenly out of nowhere? And uh, the marketing head was is a very enterprising person. And he said, okay, let's explore. Come back with some creatives and come back with a strategy. Went back to the di- uh, drawing table from scratch. Okay, first of all, we did a little research and we figured out that m- the millennials of today who actually invested in modular kitchens had no idea of Godrej. They knew Godrej Almari, which their grandmoms owned, you know, and Godrej and modular kitchens, they were not very, you know, they couldn't kind of reconcile the fact that Godrej could make superlative, uh, high design modular kitchens. So there was a whole education piece needed, which we realized, an information piece realized, because Godrej kitchens are based on something called ergonomics, productivity at work, productivity in the kitchen, which we had to bring out for the millennials or for the young married couples to uh, buy in, you know, and relate to. So we started a campaign from scratch. We started various campaigns introducing the word uh, um, ergonomics. We started campaigns with uh, carpenters, you know, and all these different campaigns came from my brand training because I actually put myself in the shoes of somebody buying a kitchen. And I knew although a woman got into it and looked at the aesthetics or the value it brought in terms of active passive storage or in terms of 20 feet three feet rule, men were the ones who finally agree to the budget. It's a family decision. It's not only a woman's decision. So it had to be art and science together and finance. We all yeah, so we also spoke about in a modular kitchen, vis-a-vis a carpenter-driven kitchen, you may end up paying maybe a 75,000 or lakh more, but what all benefits you can give out of that, you know? Especially when a woman is working, if a carpenter works on it, he'll instead of a
0: month, he'll take three months to build your kitchen. Or even if he has to. Yeah, so I think, I think, I think that, that that point right now, I think as we stand in 2020, most women will, um, will agree. And I think we've all seen the benefits of a well-designed yeah, this kitchen. this was in 2015. Really with, yeah, and that's the room where, uh, in, in the entire house, where we spent the maximum amount Absolutely. of time. I'm more interested in the purpose. <laughs> Um, You know, because you have a lot of success stories, a whole lot of people stitching together, you know, different sort of businesses. But I I strongly believe that businesses that are tied to their purpose are the ones that actually stand the test of time. Uh, And their value system is one that gets, um, you know, really shines through. So what is the purpose of this daily So... uh... The bigger purpose is
1: to be recognized as one of the most preferred partners in digital and brand, okay, both domestic and international circles. Uh, Being in the service industry to maintain the culture, uh, we have developed uh, of extraordinary service. I want to keep that extraordinary service, you know, and build good relationships with my clients, ultimately to provide practical proactive support uh, for businesses to flourish
0: digital marketing for most of us would mean facebook or insta and we all think we can do it right so so it's a question of why do we need an agency and how would you how would you differentiate between marketing digital marketing and advertising
1: so a very important point manisha and i like it because uh Digital is a complete universe and social is one part of it, but a very relevant one on huh? that too. It is very relevant. I won't uh, negate it. Basically, marketers uh, use digital for three main functionalities. Let's just break it, break it down. Okay, uh, They use it for three main functionalities or objectives to create brand awareness and drive engagement is one means uh, which takes care of the discoverability factor. Second one, very important, is for uh, customer acquisition and then customer retention, which is to build loyalty. These are the three fundamentals. Now, there are multiple ways to create outreach strategies to achieve these. It's imperative for the advertiser to understand the objective of the marketer, based on which we compile a strategy and depends on the nature of the business or the target audience, choose platforms to roll out campaigns. For example, now, what can I give you an example? Uh, Suppose it's a B2B business and we need to generate leads. We could choose a LinkedIn, YouTube, or GDN over a Facebook or an Instagram, right? Or if it's a fashion and lifestyle brand where visual appeal is intrinsic to the brand, we would route major communication on visually appealing or aesthetic platforms to allure customers. So the rollout plan is never one single platform. Ad spends are allocated on multiple touch points by mapping the user's journey. So the reason digital is so popular is because of its targeted less wastage um, measurable. And it's based on concrete analytics, and one needs to keep optimizing for sharper results. So understanding the bigger picture of digital uh, is very important. Now, for your next question, okay, you said anybody can do it. Anybody yeah. can do it. I am not saying that anybody cannot do it, but what if you are? Go, why is an agency used as an intermediary? is because the agency looks at other factors. It looks at your branding because brands were never built in a day. You need fundamentals of branding like brand articulation, brand language, developing a strong positioning statement, understanding markets, budget allocation, building customer persona or clear understanding of clients' viewpoints. All these factors are common to both online and offline so to build the customer lifetime value which one single person doing digital maybe in only social media may not have that vision i'm not saying it's not possible i'm saying you need a group or a bunch of people because it's not a cookie cutter solution you know it's it's not a one one size fits all a person can be can gain expertise in digital maybe in one or two S- uh, one or two uh aspects of the areas of digital but to look at a complete picture and the cl- for the client to completely concentrate on his business there is an agency needed in the middle to look after the performance
0: and the brand okay so the next question which flows from this one is that um with these digital tools right there's always an argument if you talk about whether this is actually um, is it, is it marketing or is it technology? So, you know, uh, these, these large companies also confuse us by calling themselves technology, which are actually technology companies that, that masquerade as marketing companies. Uh, what's your take on
1: yeah, that? Yeah, like the Google and the Facebook of the world, they are they
0: all are ad, right. ad tech
1: companies. So right. as marketeers, we, we always had soft skills. We never had coding skills so, ad tech companies facilitate this for us. So, a marketing background with an ad tech company, you can achieve big results.
0: So, uh, can you tell me the split between traditional and digital media now? And how do you see this changing? Uh,
1: Manisha, uh If you ask me, traditional media will never die. And tomorrow, if something else comes up, hygiene digital will never wear off. Because one is complementary to the other. Media to reinvent, like radio, what we know of was All India Radio. And now we have the FM channels. It's attractive to all. Similarly, TV and broadcasters have reinvented to OTT platforms, which is self-serve. They too use data to develop content and reach out to customers. There is a base that is similar to offline and online marketing, always. So brands are never built in a day. And they are not independent of the other. The same comes with uh, the example of a newspaper. Parents read a physical copy while children go online to read. So formats perhaps change or are extended, but no one is shutting down. All have advertisers and audiences at some point. However, as the time goes uh, by uh, by proportion in viewership and readership, it will tilt towards medium, uh, online medium, because of the ease of consumption is what I uh, feel. And uh, it's always... Uh, it's, it's quite uh, relevant. Uh, your second question was, why is digital becoming popular with advertisers? So first, let's break into what are the distinct dis- differentiators. Let me take it one versus the other so we understanding is better. The big difference is offline is it's based on a lot of gut feel and experience, while online is based on, based on hardcore data. Offline was based on dipstick studies and data was expensive to buy and was available to very big customers with deeper pockets in online data is available to all and testing for 15 days. Metrics help can help us understand whether we are on the right path and quickly course correct. This flexibility is addictive in digital plus offline entails huge media costs online is comparatively much more cost effective online the way offline the wastage quotient is high while online is completely measurable plus newer ecosystems like programmatic buying provide us tools to work on further chiseling data on a granular level to perfect our targeting So if you take the best of both learnings, the wisdom of online and integrate it with sharp technical skills of online, it can be a lethal combination. So nothing is dying. Everything is there and one becomes interdependent of the other.
0: What's programmatic buying, Shilpa?
1: So programmatic is a whole ecosystem by itself to place your ads on various publications. Just like we have a Google Discover network, discovery network, where we use to place ads on publications, which are external of Google, we have something called programmatic. Now, this is a very new, I mean, it's not very new, but it is a developing uh, ecosystem. And one thing is it's not owned by anybody. Like Google has all our data, has all analytics to themselves. Who is checking? Nobody knows. So programmatic is a independent system, which people are adapting. Brands are adapting very fast to now.
0: Gears. Let's shift gears, right? Um, Okay, now I'm going to be asking you about one of your biggest clients in the U.S., Uh right? Uh, Now, Rihanna, that's big. So um, how did you land that? And what are the nuances of understanding buying behavior in the US?
1: Yes, in 2018, we were very fortunate to land an American client, none other than uh, Rihanna. And we started with, I think, basically operations. But uh, I guess we superseded our uh, expectations. And today we are uh, complete support to the la team which is an internal team of the
0: company that is partnered with rihanna so the buying behavior right so how does how does an indian consumer buy and how does a consumer so i just touch upon
1: two three two
0: three things i'll touch upon uh, marketing in the us
1: versus marketers in india okay mm-hmm. if you ask me about marketers uh, there's a Digital maturity, which is, I think, a good five, six years ahead of us. While, while, How do you you, while if you ask me about digital experts like us, I think we are in par or maybe toe, you know, we are just a year, maybe there's a lapse because we may not get those kind of opportunities here. But with marketers, one thing is I love the zest they have. To, and it's it's really one has to learn from all this, you know. They aspire to build large brands because they see value in building large brands and are ready to take any huge risks. They will leave no stone unturned to work with multiple platforms who provide uh, advanced solutions and tools to achieve their targets. They take quick decisions. And in case of a strategy gone bad, no, they never lament over it for too long as if it's a big opportunity lost. They quickly take the next course which comes with it. And a lot of time, uh, a lot of effort and time is spent on analytics. That is very important to learn. These assertive marketing strategies with strong call to actions have been the biggest learnings we have got from the US. But it's also humbling to see, Manisha, that uh, American companies spend good amount of time on testing stage. Sometimes it's two two months. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it goes up to eight months to find the sweet spot and then gradually increase budgets and how it's a never. Uh, it's 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 never diving suddenly into performance or sales, sales, sales from day one, you know, as soon as the agency is on board. Mm-hmm. So I feel entrepreneurs even in India have to have the bandwidth to sustain for three months Okay. Otherwise, they should really reconsider whether they really want to get into digital or not. As hasty decisions taken uh, to drive performance usually falls flat within six months. Vis-a-vis, a sound plan followed step by step can catapult the brand to
0: another level. Yeah, got that. Now, that's yeah. helpful. Sir, but thanks for that. Um, you know, what I wanted to also ask you is that now, this may have been the story up until January this year, right? Uh, a lot lot has changed. How has that affected the kind of work that you do? How has that affected uh, you know, the spends that you now manage and the expectations your clients yeah, have? Yeah,
1: so changed? we have all been thrown into this dark tunnel where making any assumptions on my part today would maybe be considered a folly. But I can tell you ad spends in India have definitely depleted apart from a few that have, you know, more in home home applications like maybe uh, workout gears or consumer or FMCG uh, processed food, smaller kitchen items or electronic gadgets and med tech gadgets and all that. Anything that comes under the purview of like lifestyle, fashion, travel would be affected to a large degree at least for the next year and a half. I don't see it turning around. So these are the major uh, spenders in the online ecosystem. For the others, there's always TV, you know. FMCG has always TV to bank on. In the US and in India, both places, I'm seeing more of influencer marketing. Influencer marketing is big in the US. And marketing on ott platforms you know uh we have something called programmatic buying now which allows us seamless buying labor um, less of human intervention buying on ott platforms as well all these kind of uh, platforms will be now used for buying and uh, for exposure by brands again uh Also, brands are revisiting and spending time on digital brand assets, revamping websites, writing more content in terms of blogs, upgrading their LinkedIn's. This has always been on a back burner when businesses were entirely focused on day-to-day activities to run, you know, the performance-driven work. So for a few to segue back into motion, will be easier than the others, but a lot of businesses will have to reinvent and innovate to exist. So, and uh, because uh, see America, it's they're obsessive online buyers. So digital will not go anywhere. For example, I'll just give you a quick example. We recently witnessed was uh, the day, the week uh, President Trump announced a stimulus package. We saw such a spike in sales. And that money was supposed to be for essentials, right? <laughs> so they went yeah. and shopped. So this nature, which has been built into people now, and they've got addicted to online sales and buying. I don't think that's going to go anywhere.
0: All right. Yeah. Sounds good, Shilpa. Sounds like, uh, sounds like an interesting ride. Um, before you go, I have one last question for you, which is on other uh, reward, right? Um, what's in it for you? What's in it for me? Everything
1: is in it for me. <laughs> my, my cells stick every day. I remain current. I love what I'm doing. I look forward to Mondays. I can discuss with my 20-year-old son also <laughs> what is happening. And uh, I think it just becomes a very fulfilling uh, Uh, it's amazing I mean today I'm in a good space where I'm using my talent my education and I'm constantly learning and uh, I think uh, there's no looking back there's only going forward and I want to build a bigger and bigger and bigger business
0: thank you so much and uh, I hope you hope you know hope you've enjoyed this conversation we'll see you you. next week bye-bye So that was my conversation with Shilpa Sardesai. I've always been driven by purpose and a big believer in dreaming big, as the effort required to doing something big versus something small is the same. It is an exciting time as a consumer and a buyer's market out there. So for marketers and advertisers alike, staying current and relevant across all platforms of consumption is the need of the hour. How brands build purpose-driven communication and tell their stories to keep consumers engaged will determine whether they sink or sail in the new world. That's it from me. This is Manisha Kargatur for Tell It Like It Is. Do join us next week. Bye. Stay well.